Well, good morning and welcome to Ritson Road Alliance Church Online. My name is Chris Corbin and I have the privilege of serving as the pastor here at the church. I want to begin this morning by saying first and foremost that we are so glad that you have joined with us this morning. We are incredibly thankful that you have decided to be with us for the next 40 to 45 minutes or so as we sing and worship God, as we dig into the scriptures. And I would wonder if, if you've been impacted by these messages, would you consider sharing them with your own social circles? It's a great way and it's actually a fairly easy way to spread the message of Jesus. I've been reminded this past week and many times over the past few months that as the people who are followers of Jesus, we are actually a movement of God. And that means that wherever we find ourselves, we represent Jesus to those who are around us. This means that the best person to reach your family, your friends, your neighbors, and your coworkers even with the life-changing message of Jesus is you. Of course, we are here to help you on that journey. And all of that happens because of your generosity and giving. And so I want to once again say thank you. Thank you for the faithful ways in which you support the ministry here at our church. If you're interested in joining us and supporting us, I encourage you to contact Maria at our church office and find out how you can give. This morning I also want to take a moment or two to address our current church reopening plans. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who took the time to fill out our surveys that were sent out. And there's still time. If you haven't filled out your survey, go ahead and do that. But our Board of Elders and many of our leadership team members have spent time considering the surveys, we've considered government regulations, and more, in an effort to, towards moving us towards reopening. At this time, our church will continue to remain closed. But it's not going to remain that way. We actually have an anticipated soft reopening date of August 9th. This is going to be a live, ticketed watch party hosted at the church. And so our online service, our online church services are going to continue. And we would invite you to consider possibly gathering with one another or another family to worship together in your own homes. And then as part of our planning towards this soft reopening, we will be working at ensuring that those who attend in person will have the safest experience possible. And all of this is with a hope that as we move towards September and the fall, we will gain greater clarity for the future of what our in-person services are going to look like. Lastly, this morning, our hope is that you will engage with our service in ways that are meaningful to you. And maybe that means standing and singing during the worship, Maybe it means coming with a childlike faith during our kids' moment. Or even participating in communion this morning. So I want to make sure that you grab some bread and, and juice or, or wine or whatever you might have and join us in celebrating communion. Or maybe this morning you need to take some time at the end of the service to work through those questions for reflection, allowing God to speak to you through them. But no matter how you engage, we long for God to meet with you. And so as we get started, I just want to invite God to come and to speak to us this morning. So let's pray. Oh God, we come to you this morning, and we come with an expectation that you will meet us, that you will speak to us. We open our hearts to you, 
to receive you and to hear you. Would you come and would you fill us, would you fill this space that we would worship you? Amen. There is a famous poem that I studied while I was in high school that has just always seemed to resonate with me deeply. And I want to recite it for you this morning. It goes like this. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Of course, many of you may know Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken. And it's this somewhat of an ambiguous poem that allows the reader to really think about the choices in life. It asks the question, which path will you choose? Of course, the author tells us that he took the one less traveled by, and that has made all of the difference. And this is something, this is a principle that we teach our children, isn't it? In Disney Pixar's animated movie Onward, we have the story of two teenage elf brothers, Barley and Ian Lightfoot. And together they embark on a quest to discover if there's still magic in the world, uh, in order that they can spend just one more day with their father. And they come to this point in their, in their quest where they are on a fork in the road, and they have to choose which path to, to take. And Barley suggests that they take the path of peril instead of the freeway. And he says this, he says, on a quest, the clear path is never the right one. It is of course this path that they take, the path of peril that ends up truly leading them on this path of self-discovery and vulnerability and deep connection. And so whenever I hear this poem or as I watch this movie with my kids, what I really hear is the echo of Jesus' words in his Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says this. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Lately, I've been kind of pondering, what is it that this narrow road looks like? And as I've been thinking, I keep coming back to this idea of a broken road. And this idea of a broken road has really been birthed in a journey that Amanda and I have been taking over the last few months and years, as we've been discovering what it means to be broken and to find Jesus in our brokenness. I find it interesting that the word broken has a variety of different connotations. Generally speaking, it means, or it can be defined this way, something that has been damaged or altered. 
And of course, this damage or this altering can happen or be described in a variety of ways. We can describe it as something that has been subjected to fracture. Think about a broken leg. We can consider it as something that doesn't work properly. We say something is broken. It's a broken camera. We can refer to it as something that has been violated by transgression or, or meaning something that hasn't been kept or honored. It's a broken promise. Mums, you'll know about this next one. It's something that is interrupted. You know, a broken sleep. It's something that has been made weak. It's a broken body. It can be something that has been subdued or even crushed. A broken heart or a broken spirit. We can even refer to it as something that has been disunited or separated. A broken home or a broken marriage. These are some of the ways that we define what it means to be broken. And so as I think about the broken road, I want to frame it for you this way. Brokenness is something that we all have in common. Every person will experience brokenness in some form or another during their lifetime. And so while we are all uniquely broken, our brokenness is our common ground. You know, we can see our brokenness displayed in our bodies. It's the sickness and the diseases that will make us weak. We can see brokenness in our sinful hearts as they are filled by bitterness or anger or resentment. We can see our brokenness in the hurts and the pains that have been caused from a betrayal of others or through broken promises. We see our brokenness in the loss of innocence or stolen purity. We see brokenness in addiction and broken marriages and families. We even see brokenness expressed in the loss of our hopes and our dreams and through disappointments. Of course, this is not an exhaustive way in which we can see the brokenness that's been exhibited in our lives. Brokenness can take many forms. And therefore, I think it's safe to say that we can all, in our own way, think about how we have experienced brokenness. And so while brokenness is something that I think we all have in common, when I think of the broken road, I think of something a little bit different. I think of a road that not many people are wanting to walk down. It's a road that can feel lonely and dark. It is sometimes uncomfortable, and it is often challenging and even overwhelming. You see, the broken road, as I'm referring to it, is not so much referring to the state of the road itself, but rather the state of those who are willing to journey on it. Perhaps you and me. You see, the broken road is a road where we choose not to hide. It's a place where our masks come off, the lies and our false self are put aside, and instead of hiding, instead of glossing over our hurts or stuffing them down, pretending that they're not there, we actually come face to face with our own brokenness. It's the place where we actually come and acknowledge the areas in our lives that have been damaged or even altered, where our lives have been made weak, where they've been violated, interrupted, or even crushed. It's a road that is marked by grief and lament. It's also a road that will be filled with repentance and is driven towards reconciliation. I believe it's actually the road where hope can thrive and peace can be found, though. 
And I'm convinced that it is also the place, the broken road, is the place where we truly find Jesus in the thick of it all. And as we encounter Jesus in our broken places, along the broken road, we actually come to learn what it means when Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life to the fullest. Henry Nouwen once wrote, the first step to healing is not a step away from the pain, but towards it. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be digging into a series entitled The Broken Road. And I want to invite you to join me as we explore some of what it means to journey down this broken road with Jesus. Over the series, we're going to come face to face with some of our biggest losses in our lives. And we're going to learn how to grieve these things so that we can allow God to bring wholeness and healing to the broken road, to our broken souls and our broken lives. We're going to look at what it means to journey through the path of repentance and forgiveness as we find it, as we offer it, as we seek it out. And we're even going to explore the call to reconciliation, both our reconciliation towards God and our reconciliation towards one another. And so this morning, before we begin to even look at and explore what it looks like to journey down this broken road, I want to recognize that this is not at all the road that most of us will naturally gravitate towards. I want to recognize and acknowledge that you may have apprehension of even going down this road. In life, we are typically taught to look for the easy road, the smooth road, the safe road, the road of least resistance. And many times, at the very first sign of brokenness, we actually begin to look for an exit. We look for a way out, a place to hide, the off-ramp. And so whenever I think about wanting to take the easy way out, I'm reminded of the people of Israel as they journeyed through the desert on their way to the promised land. You see, God had heard the cries of his people. He sent Moses to rescue them, to deliver them out of Egypt and into this promised land of rest. He had so many great plans in store for his people. And that they just couldn't see it. They kept looking for an easier way. A way that didn't involve challenge or opposition. And yet the fulfillment of the promise God had for them could only be found at the end of the difficult journey. So this morning I want to encourage you with a reminder of God's promise to Joshua. As he prepared the, to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. God said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so if we're going to journey down the broken road, the first thing that we need to recognize is that God promises to go with us. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have a reason to fear because God will not leave us alone on the journey. This is the same promise that the psalmist holds on to in the 23rd Psalm when he says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It's this promise that even in the darkest moments, even in the darkest valleys of our lives, in the face of greatest opposition, 
that God is with us and we do not need to be afraid. When God tells Joshua not to be discouraged, it's an invitation to stay on the road. That even when the road seems long and there is no end in sight, keep going. Keep pressing in as long as God is leading. Don't look for the exits or way to escape or places to hide. Keep going. Persevere. And as I was reflecting on God's promise to Joshua, I realized that in order to stay the course on the broken road, we need to choose perseverance. We need to choose to stay the course, to not get discouraged, to not give in. Throughout the scriptures, we actually see um, all the different ways and all the different times that we are encouraged to persevere. In his letter to the Roman church, Paul writes this. He says, And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what does our perseverance produce? Well, our perseverance produces hope. And hope that will not put us to shame. Hope that will not leave us. It's a deep and strong hope. It's not shallow or frail. And so it is this deep, strong hope that can only be produced by persevering, by not getting discouraged as we walk down this difficult and broken road. It is through persevering in the face of our brokenness that we actually develop a deep faith, a deep hope, and a deep trust in Jesus. Far too often, we really just want God to smooth out our path. We want him to resolve all of our suffering, all of our conflict, all of our brokenness. Or other times, we just want to simply mask it. We want to pretend it's not there. But this doesn't produce a deep and lasting hope. It really only produces that shallow hope that just doesn't last. It gets blown away in the face of any kind of trial or suffering or or opposition. But when we learn to trust God with our brokenness, through our suffering, we actually begin to develop that character of trust, of faithfulness in the hard times. It produces in us a character of assurance and peace, not in our own strength, but in the strength of God. And through our ever-increasingly deepening faith and trust in God, we actually learn, deep within our hearts, how God will always carry us through. It is his promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. So what does it look like to preserve or persevere? Well, Paul tells us what persevering looks like in Philippians when he says this. He says, Not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, And straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize 
for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I press on. I keep going. I keep persevering so that I can take hold of everything that Christ Jesus took hold of for me. I don't look for the way out. I keep my eyes focused on the goal for fullness of life in Christ Jesus. Growing up in Alberta, where we would have eight months of winter in the year, it was highly advisable for you to learn how to drive on snow and ice. And so I remember as soon as I got my driver's license at 16, I enrolled in a winter driving safety course. And they had this obstacle course where as you were driving, the instructor sitting next to you would intentionally put you into a slide or he would lock up your brakes and you had to sort of steer out of it. And one of the biggest takeaways that I have that I remember from that course was when my driver and driving instructor said, keep your eyes focused on where you want to go. Keep them focused. Keep them on a straight path. And this same lesson applies as we seek to persevere on the broken road. Fix your eyes on where you want to go. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. There's often a lot of fear in, in going down the broken road. But Corey Ten Boom once said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And as we continue down the broken road, as we see God's faithfulness, we begin to trust him more and more. And we keep our eyes fixed on him. It's at the other end of the broken road where we find a beautiful fullness of life in Christ. It's where deep faith is found and great hope is on display and where true peace reigns. And so the question I have for you this morning is are you willing to walk down the broken road to find healing and fullness of life in Jesus? Let's hold on to the same promise that God gave Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. But Father, we come to you this morning. And as we embark on this journey of discovering what it means to journey down a broken road, as we face our own brokenness, as we surrender it to you and find you, Jesus, in the midst of our brokenness, may we have that assurance that you promise to Joshua, that you will never leave us, that you go with us, that we have no reason to be fearful or discouraged, but we can persevere, we can keep on going. And at the end of the road, there is life and life in the full. So we commit this morning to you, Lord, and we ask us to, to journey alongside us as we walk this broken road. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. I invite you to take a few moments and, and to reflect on the questions for reflection that are going to come up in just a moment. I invite you to ask God to reveal any areas of brokenness in your life that he longs to bring wholeness and freedom to you. 
as you experience the fullness of his life and his peace and his hope. Amen.